It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We got the Daily Three coming up, of course. We got Garrett Bush. He went viral for a comment about DeMar Hamlin and the NFL and what they need to do. So we're going to have him up in the hang with Ron Johnson segment. But we have to talk about what the Vikings need to do this offseason. There's a ton of things that they can do. You look at cap space. They got to figure out how to free up some cap space because even if they were to stay with what they stayed, draft their four draft picks, they probably couldn't even sign their first-round pick at, at, at number 23. Pick 24, but the 23rd pick because Miami Dolphins called Tom Brady on the phone too much. But we're going to talk about what we would do to fix this offense. Now, we're going to act like the defense, nothing happened. So we're going to fix the offense, and we'll let you know what we think coming up next. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show It's a beautiful day outside. Now, yes, there's snow on the ground in Minnesota, but it's still a beautiful day. I heard birds. So that means it's time for them to start coming back from the south. I heard some birds. So that means that the snow is going to melt. It's going to be time to be outside again eventually. Kids are going to be riding bikes. I can't wait. But I'm excited today for this show because we get to break down this offense. Now, we're going to act like, like I said, we're going to act like this defense didn't give up 400 yards in 10-plus games. We're going to act like there is db depth already we're not even going to think about the defense we're going to focus on the offense today maybe next week we'll dive into the defense but today we're going to focus on if i wanted to kind of upgrade this vikings offense what would i do and i'm gonna be very specific today because there's a lot of things you can do and i'm actively looking at tweets right now we got a born ball knower that's born ball knower and his response is i usually agree with you but I hate when people say, but, because then you're not agreeing. I usually agree with you, but he said they need a speedy receiver like Zay Flowers or if Naylor can step up. Now, my response to him was, dude, read my second tweet, because it's a two-part tweet. I hate when people only read half the story, and then they want to respond quick without reading the rest of the story. Read the second tweet, and then you can see. And I'm going to explain my tweet in a minute, but before I do, Make sure you download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. It's on Amazon Fire. It's on Roku. You can get all of our videos, all of our shows. You can also just go to YouTube and subscribe. Uh, you can you can be a supporter, a follower of the Ron Johnson Show as we grow. This is year one. I'm excited because we're going to grow, and you're going to grow with us and our early adopters. Man, I love you guys. I appreciate all those that subscribe so far, that continue to listen and watch. I want to thank you, but please make sure you go to Amazon Fire, Roku, whichever TV device you have, or both because I know people have both in different rooms, download that Locked On Sports Minnesota app, and you can watch us. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, Sam, I got to kind of jump out there and explain the tweet. So for those wondering, I tweeted. Is that the word, tweeted? I tweeted, I guess? Yeah, I, I think tweeted, so. I tweeted, tweeted a tweet. 
And I tweeted it based off. I saw I saw some people tweeting about the Vikings and and I, I kind of had an issue with it just because I feel like some people just say whatever. And I saw a couple people say like, oh, the Vikings need to really their priority. They said priority. Now, that's the word that I hate. Priority. Now, they said their priority was they need to add an explosive receiver opposite Justin Jefferson this offseason. It's not a priority. It's definitely not a priority of the Vikings. Their priority is fixing up that defense, figuring out their 3-4 versus 4-3, and then whichever one they're going to decide to go, whether they ask Ed Donatel to just step down or he stays on like Dom Capers did under Mike Zimmer and just help out, and uh, like George Edwards is doing for the Dallas Cowboys, being another voice in the room, and then they get a true 4-3 guy to come in and really put a defense together that fits the pieces of the puzzle that they have. Or they move on from a lot of the veterans that they have. They start fresh and go with a 3-4 look and try to go find some free agents that fit a 3-4. Uh, you know, one easy one, and, and it's too late at this point, but draft Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis could be your nose guard in your 3-4 defense, and he's going to create havoc every play like the dude's a beast for the Eagles. Jordan Davis out of Georgia, they had that pick. They had pick number 12, and they traded it. Now, did they get some extra pieces? Yeah, they got Ed Ingram. He did start all season. Could Jordan Davis have been a better piece of that puzzle? Probably. You could have got what you got out of Ed Ingram, I think, in year one. If you And it is a problem. I don't think anybody thought they win 13 games. But you could have got what you got out of Ed Ingram, out of Chris Reed, out of any other veteran. I, I truly believe that. I, I truly believe that. But. We're not going to worry about the defense because Jordan Davis is gone. He's an ego now. He's he's number one uh, seeded team. They're probably going to go to the Super Bowl. But also, we'll talk about this on Friday because the 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 Hurts comments about when they played the Giants last time with the shoulder. There's a bounty out. We can't say that though. But when you think about this Vikings offense, when you think about this Vikings offense, can't say bounty. Can't say <laughs> bad word on the plane. in the state. Can't say bomb on the plane. Can't say bounty in football, but just but they all the interviews have been saying it. Jalen Hurts said, "There's a bounty on my head. Hey, there's a bounty on my shoulder. I get it. The Giants could try to hit me when I run." His offensive tackle said, "Hey, there's a bounty on him. There's a bounty on me because I got to stop them from hitting him." So it's gonna it's gonna get nasty. There. The fans are gonna get nasty in Philly because those they know those Giants fans. They're just a train ride away, so it's gonna be bad up there. I I cannot wait to see the Twitter machine with all those videos of Eagles fans just doing absolute bonkers things like bonkers. Um, but when you look at my tweet, so my tweet says, I feel like some of these people just say anything. I said, I saw someone say add an explosive receiver to pair with JJ is a Vikings priority. Hand to the face emoji, face palm. That makes no sense to me. KJ Osborne and TJ Hawkinson are legit. Another wide receiver doesn't help the defense stop anyone. So, so much more to focus on. Part two of that tweet, because a lot of people don't like to read past the first page of a book. The Vikings could add Alan Lazard and be fine. So somebody, and when I say that, you look at his value. His value is probably three years, 33 million. Cheaper cap hit than a guy like Adam Thielen. I love Adam Thielen, but if he's not healthy, you could add Alan Lazard for cheaper. Now, maybe he wants more money than that, but currently he could be like a three-year, 33 million type of receiver and still have another deal. I then said, um, you don't need explosion if you don't have time to throw deep. And so that's my truth. If you think about how many deep passes, you know, yards per throw, average air yards, all that stuff, you can look it up, people. Kirk Cousins wasn't one of those. Like, he wasn't the Pat Mahomes, the two attack of Iowa, like he, like the, the Josh Allen. 
he wasn't throwing a ton of deep balls. I also said, you need dynamic route runners. And so, and then I said, here's the key word, because there's a guy on here that doesn't know how to read. I said, or, or, so not both. I didn't say and, I said, or gimmick guys to pair in this offense. I said, but at the end, you need defensive pieces if the four, three, or the three, four is here to stay. And so this guy says, I usually agree with you, but, you know, Naylor, blah, blah. Yep, that's my or, like maybe Naylor can be the gimmick guy. So you literally are agreeing with me. You just wanted to say I don't agree with you. So the guy says, so you're fine with teams bracketing. Uh, and I think this is one of the people that tweeted that first tweet, so he's probably a little hurt. Uh, he said, you're fine with me bracketing uh, Justin Jefferson all year long? Like teams didn't bracket him all year long. That's the problem. Like he had 128 catches, 18,000 or 1,809 yards and eight touchdowns. Like they didn't bracket him. Like they tried to, but we saw when Kevin O'Connell moved him, we saw the shift, the motion, and then Justin jet sweeping across, catching the flat. Like you can't bracket a guy when he's moving because you're going to show me your defense. Like if I move Justin from left to right and then motion him back right, and I see that safety follow, you told me what you're in. So teams can't do that. Like the problem, I think, and honestly, and I, and, and I get this, this is Kevin O'Connell's first year. He'll realize, you know what? Screw it. Let's just get to the line. Let's be able to motion and shift. The 49ers live and die by the shift. And so when you think about that, the Vikings can as well. So my personal opinion, you look at the receivers that are out there for free agency. Then you also look at some of the draftable receivers that you maybe can get in the later rounds that are speedy guys that are very consistent because you look at this 2020 draft that Justin Jefferson was part of, K.J. Osborne, uh, Isaiah Hodgins for uh, the Giants. Like you have guys that were in late rounds that are balling. Like that was the best receiver draft ever, ever. Yeah. And I'm talking about top to bottom. I'm not talking about like top heavy when you look at like Randy Moss and his class or you look at uh, Jamar Chase and his – like top to bottom – that that class is putting in work. I mean, Lavishka Chenault, like you can go T. Higgins, KJ Hamler. You got a bunch of guys that are contributing to their teams. I've never seen it that crazy before. Um, like I said, Isaiah Hodgins with the Giants now is figuring out with Daniel Jones. Like people didn't even realize he was in Justin Jefferson's draft class. Like that's that's how I know because when I tweeted it, people were like, What? I didn't realize this many guys were there, you know. Jalen Rager, even. I mean, he's gonna get it figured out. I feel like he's a he's could be the explosive gimmick guy. Like he could be your jet sweep guy. Like there's so much this office can do. But that was my point. That was my point is that there is a way to do it. TJ Hawkinson. When you think about teams with receiver tight end, you just like Kelsey and Smith Schuster. They don't have Tyreek anymore, and they're still balling. Like you don't need all the weapons like you need defense and offense but as long as you have two weapons on that offense two to three you look at the running back and jet mckinnon that the vikings could use somebody like him like a running back that could play receiver like that's that's a gimmick guy it's a positionless guy that you can move around like a christian mccaffrey but that's kind of my thought on fixing this offense and i saw peter bukowski say vikings fans uh fan base is always bashing alan lazard now they want him look at the vikings and the bear like I, I truly believe he just makes stuff up because I didn't respond it. And I actually, this is what I love about receipts and facts. I, I searched my name with Alan Lazard. I tweeted about Alan Lazard less than five times. Like I can count on one hand how many times I tweeted about Alan Lazard. And the other three were all positive. I was saying that without Alan Lazard, the Bears or the Packers are in trouble. That was the first game against the Vikings. So I literally admitted to how good he is for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Like him and, T and Robert Tunyon were out that first game, which is probably the reason why the Vikings won that game. 
Um, because Christian Watson was relied on, and we know what he did. If that reversed that play, and that's probably Alan Lazard running that play, it's a touchdown. Yeah, like it's sure. probably don't win that first game, and maybe that helps. Maybe that helps bring us down to earth early. Who knows? Maybe we're out of the playoffs. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe they don't win the eleven games by one score or the one score games uh, eleven times. They don't win. I mean, who knows? But that's my idea of fixing this offense first is a, a guy that you can run jet sweeps with, a guy that you can motion and move, a guy um, that you can like watch Debo Samuels. He doesn't run deep. He runs over routes and then he breaks tackles like a guy like LaVishka Chenault could be in this offense. Like there's a lot of little pieces of guys out there. Like you look at the Rams with, with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, um, they had Odell Beckham, but he got hurt. Like they didn't have a bunch of guys like they had two. They had two. Matthew Stafford just threw the ball every play. They didn't have a running back. That's key. They didn't have to run the ball. So that's kind of my answer, Sam. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I look at the Vikings offense, and I see a lot of technicians. Mm-hmm. And Adam Thielen is a technician at this point in his career. Um, Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in football. I wouldn't describe him as a burner. I mean, he's very much a technician. He's detail-oriented. His routes are unbelievable. He does so many things well. If, so I don't know what Thielen's future holds. I don't know what Dalvin Cook's future holds. But mm-hmm. if they're gone from the offense, Ron, I would get I would get speed. I would get some speed to go around Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, and just fluster the defense a little more. Get yeah. faster on offense. Get a couple of running backs that are just going to wreak havoc. They can run those little flat routes toward the sideline and, and catch balls, um, make them dual threats. And and maybe Jalen Rager, like you mentioned, is the gimmick guy. But if not, get a burner. Get another receiver that can really stretch the defense and stress the defense. I just think getting faster in general needs to be one of the objectives for the Vikings in the offseason. Um, that being said, I would love to see Thielen have one more year healthy. But mm-hmm. if not, then I think you, you use this chance to go a different direction, find some different skill sets to go around Justin Jefferson, and maybe someone who can – Take the top off the defense like uh, a younger version of Deshaun Jackson. I totally agree. Like, I totally agree with that. Um, I think the speed is a big piece of that. Um, That's kind of my gimmick guy thought is the speed piece. Like, 100% though. I I totally agree. I think that's going to be the key. I think that's going to be the key um, moving forward for this Vikings team as a whole. Like, who who are the guys that can really – um, like you say, take the top off. Um, some coaches say, I, I, I used to always say, just stretch the field. I think, I think the biggest key is stretching the field. How do they stretch the field? Um, how do they figure out what guys can get it going? And when you look at these free agents and you just look at the numbers of guys, so just really quick, some quick toss names. You got like Nelson Aguilar, you got Sterling Shepard, you got DJ Shark, you got Randall Cobb. Nope, he's too old. Uh, you got Marvin Jones, older. Uh, you got Julio, too old. Uh, and then I go down to Alan Lazard at 27 years old. Um, that's why that was the first name that jumped out when I look at that list. Also, now the average cap hit. Now, Nelson Aguilar is still just benefiting from his early contract. DJ Shark as well. DJ Shark is a guy, uh, Shark, Shark, I don't know. When you think about the Lions, they're probably going to try to resign him. He probably wants to go back there because they are building. Their offensive coordinator and Ben Johnson is coming back as well because he truly feels like there's something special there. So, I don't know if he'd be a guy, but I mean, we saw him one on one with uh, Cam Dantzler, and I mean, the guy can run, like he can he can go. Um, so he would be a guy, but at ten million dollars now, I don't know if he requires less. If he's going to be willing to take less than that, like I think 
Um, he is going to want 10 million a year. Probably. Um, is that a value to the Vikings? I don't know. Like, I truly don't know. Um, and shark went to LSU, right? He's an LSU receiver. Pretty sure. Yes. I think so. Let me check that. Pretty sure he is. Yep, Louisiana State. Yep, so he's the LSU guy. So you think about, like, Justin Jefferson getting his boy back, you know, getting a guy he knows, a LSU guy, where he's like, man, you know, we're we're, we're, we're guys. You know, you got Daniel Hunter, LSU guy. So, again, I don't – like I said, that won't work financially probably when you look at the, the Vikings. So that's why I went down to Alan Lazar because I feel like um, he's a guy that's going to – like, the, the, the market's going to want a lot of him. And so maybe Shark is the guy because Lazar is going to be the top guy on the market. Like – because he's only making three million, his cap hit right now is only three million, um, and I think it, it it depends on Aaron Rodgers too. Like for him, like if Aaron Rodgers decides to leave, maybe he holds out too and decides to sign later. Other than that, the rest of this list, there's not really a name on here that jump. You know, like Sammy Watkins is older, uh, Marquise Godwin. Now, I would see where he's at health wise. Um, he is a speed guy. He is a guy older, thirty three. He'll be thirty three next year. Um, now that one intrigues me because he is a free agent. Uh, Tampa Bay is probably going to implode a little bit. He's a guy that might want to come to the Minnesota Vikings and be the speed gimmick guy. Cause we know he can run jet sweeps. We know he can run choice routes. He only wants, he only needs to come in for a year or two and really do work. And he's not going to require a ton of money. You look at McCole Hardman, same thing. Another speed guy, Paris Campbell with the coats, another speed guy who's younger, McCole Hardman, 24, Paris Campbell, 25. So. Those are some names that could fit that Rams type of offense that Kevin O'Connell wants that could take the top off. Uh, but they're also gimmick guys. And when I say that, I just mean like they can be in the backfield and be comfortable. They can run screens and be comfortable because they've done it where they've been. Uh, Marquise Godwin being older, I just don't know if you want an older receiver, uh, but he's only asking for a million dollars this year with the Bucks. So maybe he would come to the Vikings for a million and have him come compete. Like, they don't have a guy with that type of world-class speed. But, again, health is going to matter. How did he finish the season out? How healthy is he? Um, because they took a beating. I'm not going to lie. Those Buccaneers took a beating from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but, Sam, this is this is where I go with this one, too. Mm-hmm. And all this fixing, and we didn't really hit on it. I wanted to stick on receiver because there's so much. We can literally do every day do a different uh, uh, position, and maybe we should do that. Honestly, the way we're talking about taking the top off and all this, I feel like, running back is going to be the spot they have to cut salary down on. I just I, I just feel like it. Like, I, if you're not going to commit mm-hmm. to the run, you have Justin Jefferson and, and you, you want to bring Kirk Cousins back. I feel like the running back is the position you probably walk away from when you look at uh, the Chiefs. They've gotten a year in a year out with pieces of the puzzle that could have been like Jet McKinnon could have been a Viking still. Like, he still could be doing that for the Vikings, opening up the vault, pulling the money out. I mean, come on. Like he's a dynamic running back that that he he could do that stuff. Line up at receiver, run routes late in the play, make people miss and get missing. Uh, he can be your kick returner if you need it. I mean, hey, but we can't go back in the past. We don't have Michael J. Fox to put on the Nikes and speed us through time. I love McKinnon though. I do. I, he's my guy. Like he was my guy when he was here. Uh, I found a picture of him, like, I think probably 2014, 2015. I don't even remember when that was, but at the facility, he came over, took a picture with me. Me and Greg Coleman were standing there. He was talking to us. Um, so just looking through my phone, old five, cause we got to decide we're going to do it with our phones. If we're going to get new ones or not. Cause I feel like my internet's starting to work less and less when I'm out and about. And I think that's just the iPhone telling me you're going to get a new phone, whether you want to or not. 
we are not going to let you keep your iPhone 11. Like we are headed towards 15 and buddy, you're, you're acting like an old person. And I am. I'm acting like a grandpa right now. I'm acting like my dad. I'm acting like an old, old guy with the, 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 the first iPhone and I refuse to let it go. Um, but, <laughs> but say, I mean, do you, do you, do you believe that with the running back that it is something that has to move on eventually? I do. I do. Yeah. I think that's tough for people to hear, but the the money the money is favorable for the team right now. They can they can save like eight million dollars. Um, they can they've got players they can turn to. Ty Chandler, can a Wong Wu can be a bigger threat. They can bring someone in in the draft. They can bring in a free agent for cheap. Mm-hmm. Running back, you can get productivity cheaply. You won't get the high end Correct. of Dalvin Cook, but you can get the baseline. Um, and Dalvin Cook got bottled up a lot of the year anyway i like dalvin cook not, I love him. not yeah i mean w- like uh, when we talk about this we're not saying we don't like the players it's just the reality of this cap situation the vikings have built for themselves and i think when you look at the rush attempts like what 28th 29th in the league mm-hmm. it just makes sense that you're not gonna heavily invest in that position and here's where i go with this you look at dalvin cook's stats uh, 90 yards, 17, 96, 76, 94, 77. He did have a 111, but then 47. He did have a 119, then 72, 42, 86, 23, 95, 64, 27, 37, 60. Felt like I'm playing bingo. But you can get those yards out of any back, honestly. 11 carries, 37 yards. You can get that out of a million-dollar back. And that's that's the pro- like a Jet McKinnon, like you can get a ton of that out of Jet McKinnon, if not more, because you can actually line them up at receiver. Um, so that's 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 where Kevin O'Connell is going to have to. I mean, this is the thing: Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings are going to look a lot different. I feel like, and for the Vikings fans that have been around for a while, your favorite Vikings might not be here anymore, and that's that's going to be tough because I've been following the team and, and working for the team for eight years now, and so I've seen a lot of these guys from start to now. Like Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, uh, Eric Kendricks, Barr, uh, Xavier Rowe. You know, like I was here for all these guys' draft days. I was here for their mm-hmm. interviews. Um, I interviewed a lot of them into my time here. So I definitely, uh, but I take the emotion out of that. You can't be emotional in these financial decisions. And I think that's where the Vikings are probably in a good place because Quasey and Kevin O'Connell have no emotional ties to some of these players, the way the fans and the people doing the, even the Wilfs, maybe as owners, but the Wilfs are going to let Quasey do what he has to do. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see because you think of all the staples that were built here, the Dalvin cook dining table and all that stuff. And the foundations that have been built here. Um, sometimes, you know, if they think a championship is going to come from the arm of Kirk cousins, they got to make it work where you got to go get some offensive linemen that can pass block. And you got to get another receiver and maybe just be cheaper the running back. If you're not, unless you're going to say, you know what, screw this. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be like the 49ers and we're going to really heavily run the ball. Then you got to, you got to let CJ Ham get in the game like Hughes check. And that's the other part of that. They keep Hughes check in the game a ton. And I think CJ Ham could do exactly what Hughes check does because he doesn't do a ton. He catches two to three balls. He blocks a ton. He moves emotions. That could be the other option. So that's something we have to talk about. Maybe let's talk about that Friday. But there, that's the other side of this. You could stay with you where you are, and you could make CJ Ham huge check. I'm going all day about this. But you know what? We got Garrett Bush coming up in the Hang'em Ron Johnson segment. 
And remember, people, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube feed. You can see all of our videos, all of our shows, get instant reaction to every game after the game with all of our team hosts, Locked On Wild, Locked On Twins, uh, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Timberwolves, everything you want. It's going to be there right on our YouTube channel. That's Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. You got to check it out. Please subscribe, comment, like, share, tell your friends about it. And we have a word from our sponsors. Appreciate that, Ron. BetOnline.net remains your top source for all sports betting info, news, analysis, get the latest odds and trends at BetOnline.net. NFL playoffs. Jaguars, eight and, a, eight and a half point underdogs. Giants, seven and a half point underdogs against Philly. Bengals and Bills. Bengals, five point dogs. Cowboys, three and a half point dogs at San Francisco. You can find all of that. Get the money lines. Get the over-unders. Get the spreads at betonline.net. It's all the lines, all the leagues, all the games. And it's NBA, NHL, UFC as well. Find it on your mobile device. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Now it's time to bring Garrett Bush into the show. We were going to have him a while back, but we finally got him in here from Locked On Browns, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, former Ohio Bobcats. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Had some good games, but I, I, I just never really could beat them every time. He was only a freshman <laughs> at the time, but he, he yeah. did show up and play later against Miriam Barber, Lawrence Maroney, Assad Abdul Khalid. Uh, but Garrett Bush, man, uh, and for those that don't remember, he had a, a comment that went viral about player safety, player contracts. So we'll jump into that as well. But I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show, the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Um, no. we, we, we tried to get in there earlier. I'm glad we, <laughs> we finally connected and uh, we could talk a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to link up a lot. Uh, maybe this offseason, you know, I'll yeah. jump on the Browns deal. But let's talk about, let's jump out there, NFL. Kevin Stefanski comes from uh, the Vikings. Vikings fans kind of wish they had uh, kept Kevin Stefanski and got rid of Mike Zimmer. Didn't happen. What is your early thoughts about the Kevin Stefanski era? You know what, man? It don't, it don't always seem like, you know, like you don't know what you got to is gone because I'm going to tell you what, Kevin Stefanski is like right now, he's, he seems to be on the hot seat. Yeah. Um, oh. When he, when, you see, I love getting the perspective from everybody else's, right? Because because then you can kind of gauge whether or not you just tripping or you just, you, you were right where you're supposed to be. Kevin Stefanski, when he originally got here, uh, he was like, a, a, fresh, a breath of fresh air like you know he he got baker mayfield to play better mm -hmm. um we were looking to see whether or not he was going to be the franchise quarterback during his first year he wins coach of the year you beat the steelers twice you beat the steelers in the playoffs baker mayfield looked like he's gonna turn into something and you're like finally the cleveland browns done something right right then second year comes around he like uh, baker regresses a little bit he gets hurt and a lot of people said, hey, you got to take Baker out. We got a great team. We want to at least, at least salvage our season. Baker played all the way hurt the whole year to the last game of the season, which I think cost the Browns an opportunity to be in the playoffs. Um, And then that year happened, and then you, you have a lot of different other things. Odell Beckham Jr. A saga happens. Baker a saga happens. You tell Baker to stay home. Then you get to Deshaun Watson stuff this year. So mm -hmm. now we start. he starts off this year. And I think a lot of that stuff muddied him down. Not to mention the fact that 
uh, Joe Woods was was probably one of our biggest, uh, you know, sore spots in terms of our defense, giving up 200 yards a game. You can't stop the run. You can't win no games. Mm-hmm. I think he could have got rid of Joe Woods a little bit earlier. But all those things being said, um, you look back and you have two good years. You have one good year, had two bad years. I think people were thinking, which one is the real Kevin Stefanski? Is it the one that we were so confident in, running play action and having our team look competent? Or is it the one that we have some some questions about play calling, questions about substitution patterns, and questions about whether or not this offense can accommodate a guy like Deshaun Watson? Yeah, and I think when you look at uh, Kevin Stefanski, the reasons why Vikings fans loved him so much, one, you brought it up, play action. He was one of the best play action play callers I've ever seen. Uh, Kirk Cousins, when rolling left, as a right-handed quarterback, when rolling left, even better than left-handed quarterbacks, which I think there's not too many in the NFL right now anyway, but rolling left, he was the number one quarterback in the NFL when rolling left. And so you look at his rollout lefts, his passes left. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You then bring in um, Kubiak, who he tries to take over. His son tries to take over, and they go away from what Kevin Stefanski had already kind of built in his play-action game. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's why so many Vikings fans wanted Kevin Stefanski to stay because Kirk looked really good. Um, But when you you look at Deshaun Watson, you know, that's what everybody said. If Kevin Stefanski gets a quarterback, he can make it work. Uh, Clearly, it's not just a quarterback. There's other pieces of the puzzle. Uh, But what what do the Browns need to do to kind of get back on course? Because for Vikings fans to understand this too, Kirk Cousins – like to have a quarterback is hard in the NFL to have one that you think is competent. And mm-hmm. I think the Vikings have one, the Browns have one. The Vikings won 13 games, the Browns did not. But what what needs to happen for Stefanski to kind of get off of the hot seat? Uh, I, I think we're, we're tied at the hip to Deshaun Watson. I, mm-hmm. I, I made a joke and say, listen, Deshaun Watson and, and, and Stefanski need to tell their significant others, look, ain't going to be no offseason, babe, we're not going on vacation. We're not about to do that. Like, I, I don't care if y'all got to be bunk buddies in a house y'all rent somewhere. If y'all don't figure that out, this is, we are tied. We gave up three first-round picks. I'm, I'm not a big fan of just being like, oh, it's $230 guaranteed million. I don't care about the money. It's, that's, 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 that's the owner's money. Whatever. We'll figure it out. But what I do need them to figure out is, A, is Kevin Stefanski a great coach when it's moderate talent? Right, mm-hmm. you got moderate guys. Kirk Cousins has his flaws. Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, uh, even Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Those guys had their flaws. He's he's dynamic with those guys. He gets them to look competent. They throw the ball on time. He runs play action. The run game is working. It looks beautiful when it works. But has he ever had a guy that's dynamic and that goes off script? Has he had a guy who who says, "Look, I'm more comfortable in the shotgun. Maybe I maybe he wants to throw the ball around for and throw for five thousand yards." Is he going to be able to, to incorporate that same type of playbook and expand his creativity in order to get it? I, I always a question, if Patrick Mahomes played for Kevin Stefanski, would he look like Patrick Mahomes? Would they throw the ball as much? And would it? Would, would you see the same sets? I don't think you would. I think Patrick Mahomes would have to conform to what Kevin Stefanski likes to do. That's the question for me. If you can get Deshaun Watson looking great, which he did not look his last six games, but if you get him looking good, I think that'll get him off the hot seat quicker than than you can say uh, Super Bowl. And when you look at quarterbacks, and so you know there was a stat that came out, not even a stat, like Dan Orlovsky had his quarterbacks he ranked for the playoffs, and Kirk Cousins uh, fell down to like eleven. I think Dak Prescott was twelve. Uh, what is it about Kirk Cousins? 
um, and Dak. Because, I mean, Dak's been getting a ton of hate, even though LaShawn McCoy, I totally do not agree uh, with what he said. Like, to say a quarterback is ass in the NFL, to be a starting quarterback <laughs> yeah. in the NFL, that's just trying to be sensational, in my opinion. Like, I right. love I love Shady McCoy. I, I love everybody in this business. Um, never going to hate on anybody. But I do know sometimes people go a little bit too far just to go viral. And to say a man is is that butt, like, but he's a, a starting NFL quarterback that just outdueled Tom Brady, like, come on, man. And so when you look at Kirk Cousins, why do quarterbacks like Dak and Kirk, uh, and mainly Kirk, because I feel like Kirk gets more hate than Dak. Why, 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 what is the outside perspective uh, when you see so many people talk about Kirk Cousins that, you know, he's not going to ever win a Super Bowl or he's not the guy that can win a U.S. Super Bowl? Well, we're we're kind of. I think this is the new wave, right? Like, mm -hmm. so more people are more fringe NFL fans than ever before, right? You still have your core fans that watch the games, and you know they watch and they watch. They're so hardcore. I don't know about you. I can't watch games at bars. I can't watch yeah, games. No. <laughs> I can't watch at nobody else's house. Like, like some they they be turning the channel too much. I'm like, listen, bro, you you can't be flipping. Who's got the sticks over here? Why the sticks over? I can't do that. I'm too hardcore into what I'm doing. But there is a fringe element to fandom now, where everyone plays fantasy football. So mm -hmm. you know, we one week you off, so you flip flopping quarterbacks all the all the time. I'll get him out of here. He's done. He didn't play well for me this week. Let me get this guy. Let me pick him up. Moving him roster. With quarterback drunk, we feel like if you not putting up 350 a game and you ain't making wild throws like Allen, Mahomes, right. <clears throat> even Justin Herbert, some of them guys, we feel like you you just, you serviceable. And people don't realize in a team sport like football how difficult it is to win. How, at the highest levels, like, it, it, you know, everybody conditioned, everybody play, everybody puts work in with the weights. Everyone mm -hmm. does, every coach is sleeping in the office. It come down to one or two plays every single week. Mm -hmm. and, and whether or not you make them one or two plays determine whether or not you're successful. I think sometimes we put that all on the back of the coaches, we put that all on the back of the, uh, the quarterbacks. So we feel like Kirk Cousins should just automatically just be, if he wants to be named known as a great quarterback, he should be this X, Y, and Z. But you look at his numbers, he's consistent. He puts up 4,000 4, plus yards a year. Mm -hmm. And his teams are going to the playoffs. So for me, he, you got to have a couple plays to get you there. The defense counts for something. Yep. Your running game counts for something. And heck, your receivers count for something, right? You know, so it's hard to win, especially in this era with great teams, great quarterbacks all around the league. And when, you, when you're thinking about this playoffs uh, right now, if you were to pick a final four, because you got, you know, the AFC, you got the Jags, Chiefs, you got Bills, Bengals. Uh, you look on the other side, <clears throat> you got in the NFC, you got the Cowboys. You know, they're going to travel. And then you also have the Eagles who get the Giants. So between San Fran and the Cowboys, like of those eight, who are your four right now? Well, I got to First of all, I got to go with uh, the Eagles. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. If he wouldn't have sat out them the last two games, he'd have been definitely in that discussion. I think Jalen Hurts improved a lot of people wrong. I love what their defense is doing. Um, I, I and for the for the fact, I still don't understand how they let that man slip out of Tennessee. Why would you? Why would you? Adre Brown? I don't get it. He they just traded him for whatever. They got a bag of marbles for him. Whatever the case may be. He's been showing up and showing out, and it's very hard to do. I like the receiver core, I like the defense. I'm going to go with Philadelphia first. To play them, 
I don't know what it is about the 49ers. They got that Purdy guy is pretty nice. He's pretty. I don't know if he's going to be a, I don't know if he's going to be a dude that's going to stick around for a long time, but the way Shanahan gets these dudes to play is, is remarkable. His run game is as varied as I've seen in the, in the league. His run game could come from anywhere, multiple pieces and parts. You, you know, Debo Samuels is versatile as a receiver, runs hard. Uh, he's a running back playing receiver, but then you got a receiver playing uh, running back and Christian McCaffrey who can get it done too. So I just love what they do. You got uh, Nick Bosa. He probably might be, in my, my case, I think he's the defensive player of the year. And so I got that game uh, in the final four, and that's going to be a really, really solid game. And then on the AFC side, oh, this is rough. I definitely got the Chiefs. The Chiefs is definitely going to be one of the teams coming up out of there. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jags, I'm sorry, you had a nice story. It was nice. <laughs> nice story, dog. You did your thing in the Randy Jackson voice. You know, you did your thing, but you, you're not getting that off. Uh, but I will tell you that game, that Bengals and uh, Bengals versus Bill is going to be a knockdown drag out. I'm going to go with Josh Allen because I think he needed more. Like yeah. Joe Burrow didn't already got to the Super Bowl. Like, him and Mahomes, I think they set themselves aside a little bit. But I think it's Josh Allen's turn. He got it really, especially after the game they played against the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to Miami for coming out there playing their, their tails off. But I think Josh Allen is his turn. He need to get it done. So I'm going to go with him. Uh, and that's going to set up another rematch of the, one of the best games I've ever seen uh, in the playoffs between the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah, I think I think people are looking forward to that. That's what everybody wants. That's what the money wants. I know that's what Tony Romo wants. Like everybody that has money in this or in, in a heartbeat, they want to see Mahomes and Allen go at it one more time. Uh, I, I truly believe like without Tyreek Hill now, the Chiefs are vulnerable, uh, whereas the Bills still have all their weapons. So I picked the Bills early on in the season, week one. Um so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him. My guy, Stefan Diggs, is there. So I'm pulling for him to win this one. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, is Ron Johnson. There's a Ron Johnson show. Hanging with Ron Johnson. Same with Garrett Bush. A couple more before we get out of here. Uh, Garrett, you're a college football player. Played. Mm -hmm. uh, you played at Ohio. You played against the Gophers a few times. Uh, you were telling a story about like, what well, Greg Esslinger at the time was one of the centers. Uh, Mark Sedestrom was one of the guards and tackles. I think tackles played for the Rams. You had Marion Barber, Lawrence Maroney. They had one of the top uh, teams that year in 2003 because I remember they went and beat Alabama. So Ohio can't feel too bad because that was the year they went and beat Alabama because of the running game. Like yeah. Glenn Mason in that running game, it was the best in the country. Like it was better than Ronnie B Brown, and I forgot his name, at Auburn. Mm -hmm. um, they had Williams. Yep, there it is. They had the best running game ever uh, in college football history when you talk about back-to-back-to-back, 1,000-yard, 2,000-yard backs. And, of course, two NFL caliber guys, both drafted, both played a while. Um, but what are your memories from playing against the Gophers? Well, the first memory I have, it was the memory that we were just reminiscing. Oh, you beat them. Oh, you beat Minnesota in the Minnesota. I think that game, that was year it was 2000. Yeah, that was After, my year. So we're not going to talk about that. We, 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 we <laughs> strike, strike that from the record. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, bro, we threw like eight passes. We, we ran the triple options. You know, it's assignment football. Who has the fullback? <laughs> Who has the fullback? No one would tackle a fullback. Uh, yeah. So here's, but here's what I fondly remember. So we like we go into 03, so our coaches leave, right? And they go that off that off that job, off that game, they they got new jobs. I think that year they built, they beat Josh Cribs, um, they beat Byron Leftwich. I think we um beat Miami that year. 
Um, we beat Minnesota. They was like, oh, they all left and went to Wake Forest, right? All of them. So I'm like, listen, this is crazy. Uh, we come back two years, so we have a terrible year they leave. We like one and ten. And the crazy part about it is that next year I was the only returning starter coming back in two, like 2002, 2003. So we play in Minnesota. So this one ESPN+. Plus. Now, this is Peden Stadium. This is the first time we just got some new field turf. This is the first time we, we are literally on national TV where we like, you know, I got a brand new visor. We weren't even allowed wearing none of that stuff. We got up out there, bro, and they had Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber. When you watch them on film, you didn't you didn't think you knew they was you knew they was big, but you didn't know that they was that big and fast. And so everything was on steroids. The offensive lineman was faster. The tight ends was like running like receivers. And the two backs was crazy. So they bring Marion Barber in. Now, let, 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 just go back and watch Marion Barber, like some of them games where he was with the Bears and when he was with the Cowboys. This dude, Marion the Barbarian, was just running over people. Oh, yeah. So so he was running over our guys going to the house. He wasn't even getting tackled. I think he had like 150 yards or something stupid. And then they bring in another guy, Mar Lawrence Maroney. Now, he he was just as big, but he was faster. Lawrence Maroney get in the game, and they was just giving him the ball, running zone, and it was nothing we could do. They was running tackle GT. <laughs> the, center was, the center was reaching me at defensive end. They beat us. <laughs> you know how many gaps that is? That's six, five, six gaps. I'm like, he's just on me right now. They, they beat us so bad in a run game. And at the time, we was like, yo, we a max school, but you're not gonna run on us like that. We used to have this defense called Loop Check. <laughs> we'll run that 60 times a game. You're not, stuck. man. These dudes beat us so bad in the run game. The coach just came back and he gave us a charity speech. He was like, "It ain't even your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even your fault, dog. We we just gonna move on to next week." When the coach when the coach come and said, "Guys, we have everything in front of us still. <laughs> we still have everything we want to accomplish." We still got the Mac East. We still, we still got a bowl game on. <laughs> I said, oh, we're just trying to figure it out. We're just trying to figure. Hey, listen, they we even watched films. We just went and did like some. We got treatment and rolled oh, out on that Sunday. I said, oh yeah, that's it. It's levels to it, right? It's levels to it because I'm gonna tell you what I told you, man. Mason was recruiting on a level that was higher than Ohio State at the time. So yeah, people didn't know that. Minnesota had they had the linemen. They was having the guys like that, the the speed and the and the guys in the secondary. I'm like, these dudes is not playing around, man. He oh, yeah. was doing his thing back then, man. So Glenn Mason, shout out to him, man. So uh, every every once in a while, Minnesota still they got the uh, what's the guy the, the guy from West yep from West Virginia Western Michigan. So yep. Yeah, man. Shout out oh, yeah. to shout out to Minnesota, man. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. That. I'm looking at 2000. I mean, we could throw the game out because it did come down to the end. It was kind of a run. They ran. You're right. They ran the crap out the ball. Uh, but I had four catches for 144 and two touchdowns. So yes. I, I got to keep the stats. But as far as the game goes, remind them though. There. Remind <laughs> them though. Like, like, don't get it twisted. Like when you get old, like we is, I'm reminding them all the time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> on my highlight. Don't even worry about it. It's cool. Yeah, you make more than me right now, but it's fine. I'm, I'm going. I was winning then. Like <laughs> you got to keep that 140. <laughs> and think about it back then. See, people don't realize that 144 back then. You got to take it in time, the time value of money. There's inflation involved in the stats now. 144 and 03, that's like 
300 yards, dog. Like, get yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was – you get an eye formation, power eye. Like, you weren't throwing the ball in no spread. Like, no. back then, nah. One, two, three. It looks like our quarterback only completed seven, nine, ten balls. So, yeah. So, we ran the crap off the ball. He only completed ten balls, and four of them came to me for 144. Uh, last one before we get out of here, man. Like, you went viral uh, for your comments about uh, DeMar Hamlin in the NFL and the way the, dude, the, way the owners are handling this. Uh, you know, I've had David Tyree on. I've had a bunch of NFL guys, uh, Jonathan Casillas from uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, linebacker. And so just getting one more quick take from you on this. Uh, the NFLPA, we know in the NFL, they're going to have to meet this offseason because that uh, Ryan Shazier, I think, tweeted it, and, and Ryan Clark did as well, who joined me on the show. Um, everybody's kind of tweeting at the NFL now about this because it's being brought to the forefront um, yeah. that a lot of people didn't know. And as a former player, I know about it because I remember the five years of this, this, and this, and then all of a sudden I had a back injury. Mm. Thank God uh, Jay Gruden, you know, and his staff reached out and got me an MRI. But, yeah, the NFL was was trying to get out of it. The Bears sent them le- – or they sent me letters like, oh, you just got to sign off on this because your knee is not our problem anymore. You know, it's been five years. So um, – and it, it, it's not – that's not the verbiage for people yeah, out there. Yeah, but it, yes. does, it does say something to that of like, hey, you've, you've exhausted your whatever time. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, we have some physicians we can, we can send you to. When you look at the NFL and the NFLPA – uh, do you ever see the players really, because it's going to take superstars to do this, but do you ever see the players hanging their hats saying, you know what, if you guys aren't willing to take care of our players' lifetime, uh, health insurance, all this other stuff, we're going to just, we're going to, we're going to strike and we're until you guys are willing to do it because there was a strike almost before with Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, they were standing up for the players to get more money within the collective bargaining agreement um, and the TV because that billion dollar TV contract was coming up. Uh, do you see healthcare now actually being pushed to the forefront versus just the TV money? I think healthcare is something that's even more manageable than the TV money. Um, if you if if you think about it, healthcare is something that the, the NFL can have an easy win on. It's a win win because now even if you come back down the line and say, "Well, you knew CTE existed," well, mm-hmm. yeah, we knew CTE ex- existed. We, why do you think we bolstered our healthcare services? Why do you think we, we made it, you know, that we will take care of our players, you know, for the duration of their life. If you know the life expectancy of a football player is 20 years less than regular people, like this is a win that you can get and the owners can stand up and say, look, solidarity, every single owner up here, up here standing and saying that I'm going to guarantee that if you played for me, We'll make sure your family can go get regular routine doctor visits or in the case of having some health issues, we'll still continue to take care of that. And I think they can put money in escrow. They can they can do a lot of different things to make sure they have the funds on hand. Um, but to get that done, I think there has to be a group of 32 people. And it's not the owners. It's the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. you got to have every quarterback because they are the league. They, they're the game. Mm-hmm. They, to be honest with you, they got to guarantee money. They're the face of the franchise. They call it that for a reason. Those individuals have to stand up and say, look, Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows. And I think those guys are a little more liberal <laughs> to a point now that would think about doing it. Yeah. They they understand that they, they count for something. And if Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or some of these other individuals stand up and say, look, um, I'm willing to not play because I need to take care of these other guys and these guys in the future – I think everybody will stand up and listen and it, it it'll get done. I, I just but it but it's gonna take people putting money back. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to take them, the Players Association being frugal. They're going to have to tell, tell guys a winner is coming. We thirty percent over here, forty percent right. over here. We ain't going. Ain't no more Chanel bags. Ain't right. no no more for no drag wars for ours. Oh, yeah. We have to be cooking these meals. So they gonna have to put some money back. But I think if the if the quarterbacks got behind it, they'd have the media, they'd have the cash, and I think it could get done. Well, I want to appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, that's Garrett Bush. I'm Ron Johnson. Coming up next, we got the Daily Three. But before that, we have a word from our sponsors. Before we get into the daily three, let me tell you about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar, a great way to enter January, make some new resolutions, eat better, but you don't compromise any taste because it's 100% real chocolate. That's why they're so good. And the flavors, they're next level. Coconut, almond, churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, and it's 100% real chocolate. Did I mention that? The macros, extremely good for you. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar. You're getting 17 grams of protein. If you have to skip a meal for whatever reason, grab it on the way out the door and fuel your body. And you can get these online at Built.com, but also in-store. Go to Walmart, get the four-pack, go to Sam's Club, get the Baker's Dozen, the 13-pack near the pharmacy section. Check it out in Walmart and Sam's Club, Built Bars at Built.com as well. And now it's time for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. So, Ron, this is a, a show more about the Vikings offense, but I do have a defensive question for you. I'm thinking about Patrick Peterson, who mm-hmm. goes into free agency. Maybe he's looking for a longer contract after having a nice year. What would you personally give Patrick Peterson to keep him around in terms of dollars and years? What's the maximum that you would give? Oh, that's tough. So when you look at Patrick Peterson's age, uh, you look, I think he's going into year 10. Um, you think about cornerbacks and positions like that, how long? So there's a guy by the name of Charles Woodson that played for a lot longer. And what did he do? He switched to safety. I'm not saying Patrick Peterson needs to switch to safety, but I am saying he could do it. Like he could literally be a corner and a safety. So you have him at corner or nickel in certain situations, or you, you you put him in cover two situations, and then you know maybe when you switch to a, a a Cam Bynum hits down into the dime, Patrick Peterson rolls back into play a deep safety, and then you have a younger cornerback come in. Now I don't know. Now that's that's a lot. That's a lot to ask for. Um, I know Charles Woodson did it full time, so I don't know the differences in their game, but I don't know if I would spend a ton of money on it again because in this three four defense. The whole preface of it is to get to the quarterback. You look at the Steelers. Their goal is get to the quarterback, TJ uh, Watt. You look at uh, a lot of successful 3-4 teams. That's their goal. Those outside linebackers are getting to the quarterback so fast he doesn't have time. The Packers, Quay Walker, like they don't have time. You don't have time to throw the ball. And so if you're going to try to get Patrick Peterson back, I would give him, uh, like I'd say, a two-year deal. Um, because then you don't really know, like he's even, you know, he's, he's, he's hinted before at retirement. So you don't know. And then he always says, Oh, like he does an announcement on his podcast. Oh, I'm going to bring it back. I'm running it back. So he clearly is a guy that kind of is thinking about retiring, but still feels like he can go. So I wouldn't put a ton of long-term into it. Um, but I, I, I would say two, two years. I mean, you would talk to him too, find out, I would say two, if not three, maybe even just to, to make it cap friendly early. So early it's lower. And then if he decides to stick around, uh, you give him more of like 
playing bonuses, if you play whatever, 90% of the snaps, you're on the field 95% of the time, meaning he's not getting hurt, mm-hmm. this is the bonuses you can get for doing this. Um, interceptions, all that kind of stuff. I would throw that in there. Uh, well, I don't know if I th- I, I, I get away from interceptions because then you can get a little nasty there because then guys are just running out of their lanes to try to get an interception. <laughs> but I would go with a playing yeah. bonus. Like I would definitely have a playing bonus, a roster bonus, because those things won't hit you for a couple years for I think the next year or something, depending on how you structure it. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind, too. And, and as far as money, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing like two, three million. I don't really know. He made um, four this year. Yeah, like I would say two, three million. Like, I don't know if he would take less, but I, I don't know if I could go five or six. Like, if he took four, as he gets older, you don't get more. Like, you, your contract gets smaller and smaller. So two, three million dollars a year. Yeah, that's tough because I think he would believe that he deserves more than he yeah. got this year. And he he played well. He kind of set the culture on that side of the ball. So I think that if you could do an incentive-laden two-year deal, maybe maximum $12 million, but it's it's team-friendly. Mm-hmm. You could get out from it after the first year with only a little bit of dead cap. I think that that might be about where I would cap it. If so he's six mil a year. Six mil a year max, mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and maybe kind of backload it with, with incentives. But I, I wouldn't get into a three-year longer deal. I mean, he's going to be 33 before we know it. That's just a lot of money to give somebody at that age. And that right. makes me nervous. And, I you know, you got to make good investments. So as starved as you are at cornerback, I'd still be a little cautious with that deal for sure. And I think I was thinking the same thing. I think I was thinking 12, but three years. But then mm-hmm. it's the 12 is actually incentives. Like it's three year, three a year. Get you to nine and then three million in incentives. So, you know, up to a million a year, you could put like a 75, $750,000 roster bonus. You could put a $250,000 playing time bonus, or you can go five and five. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it where it doesn't end up hitting your cap that year. Um, but yeah, so what you got next? Yeah. All right. So I want, I want your earliest draft opinion. So the Vikings are locked in number 23 pick. If you had to choose today, before they cut anybody, before they sign anybody, before free agency happens, what position would you draft? Cornerback. So it was like Family Feud. Like I didn't even have to think about that. I'm drafting a corner. I don't care. Like you gotta draft a cornerback. <laughs> right. like you're all over Feud. that. I was ready for that one. Yeah. Like you gotta draft cornerback. Like honestly, I hate to say it, uh, Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, I don't know if you can wait for that project to work out. It's just one of those like. That's it, cut your ties, but you use him as a depth guy if he can get healthy. You maybe take the pressure off of him mentally to kind of work into it because uh, I saw an interview with Jordan Poyer uh, that talked about when he got cut from the Eagles and then he learned when he went to the Browns from older guys and now he is an all-pro. I'm not saying Andrew Booth Jr. can't be one. Like, that could happen. He could take that time, learn from some of these guys, and then become an all-pro. Um, but I definitely think you have to go get you another depth cornerback guy uh, whether it is going to just be a backup to Patrick Peterson and then start eventually when he leaves, like that you have to. There's a lot. Alabama has a corner. South Carolina has a corner coming out. Um, there, there are some good corners that are going to be on this market late in that 23 uh, slot. Um, if not there, defensive tackle. Like if there's an explosive, uh, nasty speed, like three, like like Andre or Andre, uh, Aaron Donald type of guy that can create havoc in that 3-4, um, I go get that as well. You and Luke Inman are on the same page. Luke Inman is all about corner, or he loves this defensive tackle called Siaki Aika, who's like 6'4", 360. Um, 
talk to Luke Inman about him next okay. time. He's we'll have to do a Friday then. Let's do a, a Friday. Beast. Let's do it. Let's let's get into a little bit. Luke would love that. Uh, yeah, I think corner makes a lot of sense. And from what I've seen on the boards, it looks like there's a lot of corners that are going to be available right in that area. Yep. So that might be the sweet spot. Uh, I got one more question for you. ESPN ranked the hundred most valuable players of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson was five, and the top non-quarterback. Christian Derrissaw, fifty-three. Mm-hmm. Brian O'Neill, sixty-six. TJ Hawkinson snuck in at number 100. Did anybody get left out of the list for the Vikings? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I think TJ Hawkinson is too low. I know that. I know he's not 100. Uh, I haven't even looked at the list completely, but I know he's not 100. I think he, I think he was a little too low. Um, but no, I, I, I think they kind of got it right. Um, Because you look at running backs and where Dalvin Cook fits, like he wasn't valuable to the team completely. Like he had some big plays. Um, I don't think other running backs would have done what he did, like in the Giants game, in the Colts game, uh, in the Bills game. You're not getting that from another running back, that explosiveness, that that deep ball mentality, the Miami Dolphins game. Like you're not getting that. Um, But was he most valuable? No, Adam Thielen was hurt for most of the year. Um, or injured, sorry, not or no, her team, not hurt or injured. Um, no, I think they got it right. I, I do. I think they got it right. I think that's 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 pretty, you know, a pretty good one. Justin Jefferson being the highest non-quarterback, I think that's right. Um, Darisaw maybe could have been a little higher, but again, offensive lineman. Uh, you look at Trent Williams. I guess Trent Williams was in the top twenty-five, probably. Um, yeah, I, I I think they got it right. Daniel and Zedarius, probably the ones that you might argue for with double-digit sacks and yeah, pretty high, high pressures. Maybe Zedarius, because he did have early high pressures, but then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daniel, I can't put him up there just because he wasn't in his right spot. Like he yeah, I just don't feel like he was always there. Like it was it like you he would disappear for games and then all of a sudden he'd show back up. So it wasn't like years before, Daniil was in every single game. He was rushing every single game, pressures every single game. I mean, pro bowler, come on now. Like, he was a perennial pro bowler. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this 3-4 defense definitely set him back a little bit. But that happens. Players sometimes get put in positions they're not used to for a year just to learn it, and then the next year they come back stronger. So that could happen as well because he is a freak athlete. He is very athletic. So maybe he figures it out and he ends up in the top 100 next year as far as, you know, maybe 15 sacks now is a true outside linebacker. Like, maybe it can work. Because, again, I keep forgetting about DeMarcus wearing a lot of those guys that made that switch. And they ended up getting it together. So, I don't know. But you make a good point. Those two, you could argue they could be in there. I thought you would pound the table for Kirk. Yeah. I I mean, I get it. Like I'd have to look at that list and maybe, maybe we'll talk about this Friday. Let's bring this back up Friday um, where I have a little bit more time to digest Kirk to me. Um, some of the decision-making I could see where they're saying he's not valuable now valuable to your team. I definitely think he's up there. Like the 49ers, none of their quarterbacks can say that because they, any of their quarterbacks can come and run that offense. I do feel like Nick Mullins will not give you what Kirk cousins would give you. Not even, I don't feel like I know he wouldn't. So could go there. I'd look at that list though and see if there's some guys on there that shouldn't be on there that Kirk Cousins should be ahead of. But my guess is when you look at the list of quarterbacks on there, it's probably the guys in the top 15 or the top 10. And Kirk Cousins doesn't fit that mold for them when you're talking about the top 10 quarterbacks you would take 
I'm guessing they have about 10 quarterbacks in that list, and Kirk's not one of them. So he's probably 12 or 13 on most people's list, which puts him right outside the 100. Um, but yeah, no, I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank Sam Ekstrom for all his hard work that he continues to do day in and day out. Uh, please make sure you like, like, subscribe, and share on YouTube. Make sure you download it. Make sure you go, I mean, the app, whatever you have, there's the app, there's, I mean, there's numerous ways you can get the Ron Johnson Show segments, comments. If you want endless Vikings talk, though, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows. And please remember, people, Amazon Fire and Roku. I keep saying that, Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go on there and download the app. Please download the app. We, can, we need the subscribers. We need you. We need you to help us grow. That's Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download it, and we'll be right there on your TV. I want to thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.